the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. Politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Filling in for Pastor Rick today are Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell. They will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports part one. The Detroit Tigers defeated the Baltimore Orioles 5-1 to complete a three-game sweep this past Sunday. Tarek Skubal threw 69 of his 100 pitches, four strikes, and tied his career high of 11 strikeouts five of which came against the first six batters he faced in six outstanding shutout innings of work. Miguel Cabrera and Harold Castro each recorded a pair of runs batted in. Cabrera blasted a solo homer in the second inning and hit a sacrifice fly to plate Javier Baez one inning later, while Castro singled to send home Derek Hill in the second inning and singled to score Cabrera in the eighth inning. Tucker Barnhart singled to plate Castro in the seventh inning to round out the scoring for the Tigers. Now, here are your hosts for today's Moment of Clarity program, Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell. Howdy. Welcome to Moment of Clarity. Hi, Phil. Good to see you in studio, even though it's virtual. Yes. Thanks. So Pastor Rick called me yesterday, and he asked if I could take the show, and like an idiot who doesn't have a million other things on his plate, I said, sure. Now, it's an opportunity for a coup. They seem to be in style these days, anyhow. So a two-hour show. Then I scrambled to get a guest, and people I reached out to, they said they had made plans. So late last night, I got a text from someone who thought they met me at the state convention. Now, I immediately thought of my good friend, Martin Church, who's running for election to the Michigan House of Representatives to represent District 32. I thought of Martin because he likes to pass himself off as me at conventions. Actually, Martin has been a supporter of the show and was instrumental in getting Chief Craig on the show. So when Sandra, who I haven't mentioned before this moment, so when Sandra texted me about a, about a guest on the show, actually, I'll just be frank. She texted me about HEMA being at a meet and greet in Ann Arbor tomorrow. Uh, that was like 11.15 last night. So I'm not the only person who's doing things at the last possible minute. I immediately texted Sandra back to see if HEMA, her candidate, was available to come on Moment of Clarity today. And I got a text this morning that she was, and we had a phone call. And after the phone call, I'm thankful that our Father in Heaven provided someone interesting for you to listen to. So let's listen to this first. This is HEMA. This is Cynthia Johnson. You probably remember this clip. This is testimony about the TCF theft of elections. And um, uh, Rudy Giuliani was involved. Cynthia Johnson was challenging uh, uh, um, witnesses. And here we go. I'm sorry. Do you have a point of order? Yes. What is your point of order? Point of order is to have them under oath. You're out of order. As I've said, this is something that is not done here in this state. Um, it's really only 
Uh, it may not be not done under court. the state, this but you're allowing people to come in here and lie, and I know they're lying. Representative, uh, you're out of order. I've given, I've indulged you, but you're out of order, and we're going to move on. But on behalf of my witnesses, I would like to point out that every single witness we've presented here has sworn an affidavit as to all of these facts. And so, Representative, please, uh, I gave you some room there, but we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to go May, may I say something, please? Sure. If that is what you want me to do, I would do it. And I will still repeat the exact same thing I watched. And you know what? I also want to say one thing. If it is a lie, it may change because a liar has to have a lot of memory power. If it is truth, you can ask me in the middle of the night and still be the same. All right. I'm going to take this here. Uh, please. Well done. Well done. So I ask that you hold your phone calls. The number is 734-822-1600. I'll say that again slower for Joe Lennard. 734-822-1600. To later in the show, right now, I would like you to welcome Hema Kalenegaretti. Now, I probably just butchered her name, but this is how the internet tells me how to pronounce your name, Hema. You ready? Actually, you haven't Colin butchered Ajardi. it. You were very close to it. Um, it is called Kalenegaretti. This, this is how the internet's telling me to pronounce it. Hold on a second. Colon Edgeyardy. Now, the internet's Colon Edgeyardy, right? But go ahead. Tell me again. Okay. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It is uh, not Jai. It is Guy. Okay. Colon Edgeyardy. Yeah, ready. Colon ready. Cola, like the Coca-Cola with the K. Nagi. Ready. Like I'm ready. Excellent. Excellent. Now the cola part, you know, we could go more with like Pepsi or somebody else than Coke. Yeah, but right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the original message that I got was that you were going to be doing an event tomorrow, but the event is in support of something you're doing. And what you are doing is what? I am running in the Michigan 6th district uh, for Congress against Debbie Dingell. Boy, I want to play that applause again. Hold on a second. No, no, go ahead. That's enough of that. So, yeah, the Dingle dynasty, right? Right. Now, I was telling you on the phone this morning when we were talking prior to this conversation that oh, a few years ago, I think it was when I was uh, on layoff during the, uh, the crunch in 2010, I was watching Turner Classic Movies and they played some filler and they played a short. And the short that they played was a film that was directed by the motion picture producers of America or something, and they sent it to Congress. And the reason was they wanted taxation, wartime entertainment taxation from World War II to be lifted. And this was in, I believe, 1952 that this was being filmed. And they said, enough of the high taxes. We're going to go out of business. You keep it up. And this film actually showed uh, uh, footage from two different theaters. And the first one, and I'm just sitting there bored, you know, but I've got nothing else to do. I'm laid off. Watch TV. So the first film was from a huge theater in Los Angeles. And they were talking to the guy who owned that theater and about how, you know, difficult it was to do business, you know, with all this taxation and, you know, begging Congress to lower taxes. And then they moved on to the next theater, 
which was the Flat Rock Theater in Flat Rock, Michigan, a place where I went to many a matinee on my bicycle when I was a kid and movies in the evenings with my parents. And I was just blown away. There it is. And there's the guy who owned the theater in 1952. And he's talking. And now you say, what's that got to do with anything? Well, he makes an appeal to his congressman, his representative, John Dingle. And I thought, how is that possible? John <laughs> Dingle is not that old. And, well, I forgot. John Dingle inherited the seat from his father, John Dingle. And I thought, oh, this is horrible. And now Debbie Dingle has inherited the seat from her late husband, John Dingle Jr. We must put a stop to this. Is that right? Right. I mean, we didn't we always think we didn't have monarchy in uh, America? Like uh, well, I'll explain the Kennedys, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so you were involved in the TCF um, debacle. Let's just call it a debacle, okay? Yes. So what did you do there? There's an introduction. Uh, I was a poll challenger there, um, and then I just uh, became a precinct delegate uh, probably a year or two before that. And I wanted to get involved in elections, and uh, I signed up to be a poll challenger. And TCF is where they said they needed plenty of help, especially because of the number of absentee ballots we were going to have. So I went there, and um, I was horrified. Let, let's just say that there is no other term for me to say it, um, because the whole experience felt like I was not in United States. Um, it was just so bad, so poorly run, and. Uh, I think more than how it's being run, the vitriol, you know, the people, their hatred, like the poll workers at the tables, their hatred and how they were using COVID as an excuse to just uh, get all the people out of the building in handcuffs. It, it was so outrageous. And in fact, there were some people who even told me that uh, I should be ashamed of myself because I was wearing a Republican badge, that I'm on a wrong side. So they're really kind well, of- Well, that's pretty racist, huh? Is that racist or what? It is not racist if they do it. Oh, okay. Uh, Phil, yes. there you go. Phil, I don't know if you've noticed here, but Phil, our co-host, he's a darker complexion gentleman, and mm -hmm. he's a conservative and a Republican, you know, and um, yeah. He's yeah, <laughs> really black, Phil. Yeah, uh, not only am I a conservative, I'm an ultra conservative. Because I just cannot understand uh, how anybody could allow this country's great rules to be allowed to vanish. And that's what's happening there. People are trying to turn this into a democracy. And that's the, the, the last thing we ought to want. Hey, Phil, Phil uh -huh. this is for you. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. <laughs> I just thought somebody should tell you, Phil, you ain't black. Yeah, you know, of all the people to tell me what I am or what I'm not, uh, no, that's that's not for me. Um, and I wish, uh, wish somebody would tell him to stop using that term Jim Crow 2.0 because he's in the party of Jim Crow, the people that put it in into uh, into being in Jim Crow party. That's right. So few people know that. So Hema, uh, let's see now, you are a legal immigrant to this country. Is that right? 
Legal, underlined, yes. Okay, and let's see, this is a surprise. You are of Indian ancestry and you work in the IT field, right? Uh-huh, and that shouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I weren't racist there or you know, prejudicial or biased, but yeah. So uh, how did how did you come to this country? I mean, besides by jet, I suppose. Uh, right, yeah. My husband uh, at the time, he was working here. Um, I mean, basically, we first came to Canada. He was working in Canada for the city of Windsor. And I, I got married. It's an arranged marriage. So I got married and I came to Windsor. And uh, then we both started working in Detroit. Um, and eventually, when the borders became really, really bad, I, this is, I'm talking about in 99 is when I came to Canada. And then the borders started getting really bad and I had a child in daycare. I wasn't able to actually pick him up on time because every day there would be some new color uh, code at the border and it was getting bad. So eventually we moved to US in 2006. Um, and uh, then I became a citizen and then I started paying attention to politics. Until that time, I think most immigrants, until they get the visa, I mean, their immigration situation situated with a green card or a citizenship, they usually don't pay attention to politics because we don't, we can't vote and uh, we won't have a voice unless you're like, you know, one of those people that can actually vote on behalf of dead people, but people who don't want to do it that way, you can't vote. So we don't pay attention to it. But when I became a citizen, I, and I knew that it is my civic duty to actually cast my vote to the right party. And all immigrants are told that the Democrats by default, and most of them even do think that they're Democrats without even doing the proper research, but I am not that person. I was always used to challenging the orthodoxy. And I'm like, no, I'm not gonna to listen to what you say. I want to find out who believes in what. And then soon enough, I realized that Republican party is more conservative and they align with my values more than the Democratic party. So that's how I became a Republican. We are finding that many people who are coming across the other border are finding themselves or who have immigrants who have legally come across the other border have found themselves more aligned with the Republican Party recently. And because of the activity of the uh, the unelected president of the United States right now, uh, we find ourselves facing a red wave in November. And I believe that it's it behooves us to choose which Republican candidates in the primaries we're going to choose to represent us. I'm pretty confident, well, I'm, I'm praying and I pray a lot about this, not enough. I mean, I, I do take breaks for dinner and coffee, but we, we need, I believe we're gonna unseat Debbie Dingell. So we gotta pick out who we want to unseat Debbie Dingell and who's gonna best represent us in this country. Now. I, this is not an endorsement. This interview is not an endorsement. Uh, I, I've, on my show, I interview a number of political candidates and uh, often people who are vying for the same job. I did that with James Craig and, uh, and Ryan Kelly and a few others, uh, Tudor Dixon. So I just wanna expose the audience to these people and see what their value is and how true they they ring to them. So it's, it's I will say it's been my experience that most immigrants who come to this country legally come, in fact, the, the owners of Big Sky 
diner come to a huge uh, uh, love of this country and become very patriotic, and they are conservative. So I think there's that for you. Boy, there's another prejudicial bias that yeah. all <laughs> legal aliens, immigrants that come to this country and gain citizenship will become Republicans. Yeah. We can Boy, at I'm, least, I'm biased, we, aren't I, we, Phil? Yeah, we can at least be biased in our political beliefs, though. I mean, I'm <laughs> okay. for that 100%, you know? <laughs> All right, so right. Uh, I mean, I totally, I totally agree with you, right? I mean, everybody has to be given the same platform. Everybody can actually uh, should have an opportunity to say what they stand for. Because let the man, the, let the best man or women win. Because we still believe in gender. So whoever it is, let the best person win. So I have one primary opponent. Um, you know, if she's on going to be on your platform, then she has a, she should be given an opportunity to speak where she comes from and what her background is, and what why exactly we got involved and what why you know as immigrant you know the other lady is also an immigrant but I'm just saying why it is as immigrants feeling this responsibility on us because you know we love this country and everything that we found in this country we are seeing it being destroyed right in front of our eyes and this is our new home and we can't let it be destroyed uh could i ask you um real quickly what uh interests you most about it what uh, what the committee would you uh if you were elected what committee would you want to serve on see i really want to serve on a lot of committees, but um, first is Intelligence Committee because oh. I want to see what our big brother is up to. You know, I really mm -hmm. want to get to the details of I'll be really free. Mm -hmm. um, and the second thing is um, I want to also get onto the international uh, affairs because all these sneaky little deals that we are doing. Yes, I want to have my ear in there. I want to know what is the agenda. You know, all this money that we are just unlimitedly signing off and sending to the other countries. How is this coming back into our country? And I'm sure it is coming back as a retirement fund. But, you know, that is where I want to be involved. I want to hold all the countries accountable for every penny we give. And um, I want to put us back on the map as the most respected country. Where is the voting booth at? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Oh, no, just vote by mail or just drop something in a box somewhere. Or just <laughs> fill, give me yeah. your votes. Give me all your votes and I'll take them and drop them in the boxes for you. OK, or, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, I I'll had a thought. I went away. Oh. So, Hema, you mentioned and I want I want to say once again, this is uh oh, Hema. I got that part right. Colana, get ready. Close. Wow. Good. Thank you. This is from a guy named Bondarenka, who, mm -hmm. yeah, actually, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> actually, Google kind of pronounces my name, but they think it's Bondarenko because actually it should be, but somebody at Ellis Island thought Bondarenka sounded better, so there you go. And of course, I'm I'm the grandson of an immigrant. He came from Ukraine, and and uh, you know, thank God he did too. <laughs> I'm thanking God every day. <laughs> he came from Ukraine, <laughs> and so yeah. Um, Oh, let's see, I want to ask you, we talked about money. You want to see where the money's going and, and who it's going to. And so we recently had this vote on $40 billion. billion. Dollars. I got to tell you that this is, let me play this for you. 
$100 billion. Yeah, that's after they told him, you know, $100 million is worthless anymore. You got to go for the big cash. Okay. So, so we have a Congress of Republicans who I think all but 11, is it? I'm, I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly. Right. All but 11, including Tim Wahlberg, who I had hoped for better, would have said, no, I don't think so, thank you. But they said, sign me up. And I heard Wahlberg on the Steve Gruber show. And I thank God Gruber asked him about it because I was wondering when he was going to start asking Wahlberg some challenging questions. I have an opportunity to have Tim come on this show, but I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get so angry and upset with him sometimes that I just end up yelling. So I'm holding off. <laughs> <laughs> or actually on my show. I'm sorry, not this show, my show. Excuse me, I forget where I am. But there's been a coup. This is my show. Thanks. And uh, so I trust that you would not blindly vote for sending 40 billion hard-earned dollars. Uh, uh, you know, I'm sorry, they weren't hard-earned dollars. They just printed them, didn't they? Money that we didn't have. Yeah, so they're not hard-earned dollars. So it's, it's an easy thing. Just print yeah. 40 billion dollars and send it to Ukraine. I trust that uh, that you're not going to see how you can get onto that gravy train. No, I am actually going to throw myself in front of the train and the only way it is going to pass is on my dead body because what? give me one reason why and how this is going to help. Well, wait a minute. Give me a second here. Where is your self-interest and your motivation here to do the right thing? Why would somebody want to just not look out for number one but actually do the moral, ethical, courageous thing to do? I don't. I don't understand that. Because I have a conscience and I have a moral compass and I feel that God put me in this position because he gave me a burden. I responded. I mean, I, I was probably a couple of years ago would be the last person to ever raise my hand to be where I am today. But when you see the gradual destruction, actually, you know what, let me take it back. Not gradual, the drastic destruction after Biden has taken his seat. Um, I felt compelled to do something about it because it's the future of our children. It's not, and any mother, any father can relate to this, that when our children are on the line, there is nothing more dire and important that you will say, okay, I'm going to still sit back and see and let somebody else deal with it. Okay, I understand that. You said you're God. Um what particular God might that be? I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I was born a Hindu, but I was I, be, I became a born-again believer when I was in college. Wait a minute. What college did you go to? I went to a college, a Catholic college in India. Oh, okay. That's, that's good. That's good to hear. So, wow. So I'm watching this TV series called The Family Man mm -hmm. uh, on oh, yeah, Amazon. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. And yes, so I'm watching yes. this guy. He's in India. It's it's very well done. I like it. And he's a Hindu, but he's sending his kids to Catholic school because that's the good school, right? It's Catholic is, schools are good schools, yes. Is that the situation you found yourself in? Yes, because um, Catholic schools, they have a lot of discipline. And the other thing that parents want is them to learn good English, the kids to learn good English. Um, so that is the reason a lot of people go to Catholic schools. Uh, but Catholic schools don't actively... Um, Profess religion. Yeah, mm -hmm. they don't really like actively profess about what their beliefs are. But then I didn't get saved because of my college. I got saved because of my grandmother and my aunt 
who accepted Christ a long time ago. Oh, okay. Well, there is that. That's good. That's you know, I remember once when I was in uh, Great Lake in Chicago, and we've only got a minute left, so I'm going to talk really fast. And I was in Great Lakes uh, Training Center, and my son was graduating basic, and we were leaving, and another couple was coming in with their kids, and they had to wait for the checkout till one o'clock. But their ceremony they were going to was at one o'clock. And they were of, of Indian origin, 30 seconds. And I said, hey, take my room. I haven't checked out yet. And it turned out they were Baptist missionaries wow. of, Hindu or of, of, of Christian origin. Folks, come back after the break. We're going to be with again with Hema Kolonavigaretti. And uh, join us. Thank you. Pastor Richard Dietering on WAM. Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell will be filling in for Pastor Rick once again this half hour. In the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Tigers defeated the Tampa Bay Rays 3-2 this past Monday. Jonathan Scope belted a two-run homer to plate Miguel Cabrera in the sixth inning, and Harold Castro smashed a solo four-bagger in the ninth inning after Michael Fulmer allowed Brett Phillips to score the tying run in the eighth inning. Alex Fiedo allowed one run on four hits while striking out four batters in five and two-thirds innings of work. Andrew Chafin, Alex Lang, and Gregory Soto came out of the Tigers' bullpen to combine for two and two-thirds innings of scoreless relief. Soto earned his sixth save of the season after forcing his former Detroit teammate, Isak Paredes to pop out, Vidal Brujan to strike out, and Mike Zunino to fly out. Now, here's your Moment of Clarity hosts for today's program, Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell. Welcome back. I'm with, of course, Phil, Phil Stargell, my co-host, and Hema Colonna-Rigaretti, and uh, she's running for Congress in the 6th District to upset Debbie Dingell. And the rest of the Democratic Party, I like the fact that an upset there would upset them all. So, folks, you got to do your part. You got to support the Republican candidate this fall, uh, no matter who it is. But uh, please do so. And I'd like to encourage you to call if you have any questions. Uh, the number is 734-822-1600. And if Joe Leonard calls, I'd like him to stay on topic. So. Let's see, Derek's on the phone. I don't know if we have a caller or not. <laughs> so, Hema, before we take a caller, I'd like to pursue um, the faith thing again with you. So, basically, you are motivated. I mean, it's it's pretty common for political personalities to say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, I'm also a patriot and uh, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's not common to hear them actually talk about the experience that that sounds sincere where they actually turn their life over to Jesus Christ. And as I promote on my show, and Enric does on this show also, we need a spiritual awakening in this country to take this country back from the demonic forces that have stolen it. It's just, there's just no two ways about it. We need, we need an army of, of brave, courageous soldiers who are who are under the vanguard of a Christian ethic. Let me just put it that way. I mean, 
non-Christians can serve too, but because uh, we'll take whoever we can get of ethical background. Uh, but let's see, is is Joe on the phone? Of course I am, Joe? Ed. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Two is it things. a day that ends in Y? Uh, uh, first is that I'm in Dingles District. I'm in the current 12th. You know I'm on the, Wayne, uh, the 12th Congressional District Republican Committee, and I'm the webmaster for the page. I'm unfortunately not going to be able to vote for HEMA because I'm redistricted into the new 13th. But what a lot of people don't recognize yet is Debbie Dingle is actually carpetbagging. She is redistricted into the new 10th, but she's going to abandon the 10th and give that to Rashida Tlaib to run for the new sixth, where Hema actually lives. She's going to move her fake Dearborn residence to a fake residence in the sixth, because we all know she really lives in D.C. in order to run for that seat. So because she wants to maintain the majority of the old 12th, voters she had and then regarding the 40 billion i support some aid to ukraine i would uh, but this 40 billion dollars is a sham we all know 10 percent is ukraine aid democrats always put a nice title and then pack a bill full of manure a small amount goes to Ukraine. Some of it goes to our own nation in the form of replacing items that we've already given to Ukraine physically. But the rest of it is garbage. And Hema, I'd like you to address, how does $100 million to the black-lying Marxist organization, just one of the pork items in that bill, have anything to do with Ukraine? Agree. Wait, he asked you to explain it, Hema. Go ahead. Just tell us how it does. Yeah, we, we know we know that these people do not have our interests in their mind, right? This is all just they just think forty billion dollars is not much money, and uh, it is a lot of money, especially when we are in this situation with forty-year high inflation. Every penny counts. They don't really want you to. I mean, everybody. I mean, the reason all these leaders voted is because they got pressured into it. Because if they didn't then they are racist. If they didn't, then they are traitors. If they didn't, then they are unpatriotic. So nobody wants to be labeled like uh, uncompassionate also. So just because they all wanted to virtue signal along with the Democratic Party, they all signed on it. But then we know that Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries. So we know that this money is really not going to get into the hands of the common people. The leaders are going to eat up. And it's already probably going to be rerouted to, you know, where all. And then it is going to come back to the pockets of all, you know, some of the people who actually made this bill pass. So we we are being exploited. The taxpayers in this country are being exploited because we have a good heart. We have a heart to help the rest of the world. Every country in the world looks to U.S. for aid because we are primarily good people. We do like to help. But there is a limit, right? This is an example I always give, even in an airline. If anybody who's been on a flight, you know that when they're giving you instructions, they say wear your mask first before you help the person next to you. How is that we are not actually helping our own people and we are actually looking at the affairs of the rest of the world. We're trying to fix a 
house and the problems of the rest of the world, but we have no time, no interest in fixing the problems in, within our own country. Yeah, let's not pretend that, well, Biden is corrupt. Zelensky, yes, is corrupt. But let's not pretend Putin isn't as doubly corrupt as the two of them put together. And national defense is indeed a constitutional use of our money. The issue and the security through helping others in our own defense, where the issue is, is that the federal government is engaging in hundreds of uh, several trillion dollars of unconstitutional program spending that must be erased. Then we could get to a balanced budget and spend things to help our friends in our own national security interest. All right. Love you all. Thanks, Joe. Folks. Uh, take care. God bless. Could I <laughs> Thanks, just Joe. say that, uh, if we had have continued with our energy independence, we could have supplied Europe with the fuel and the the, the uh, all of the energy that they needed, and put yeah. Putin in a real bad spot. Because uh, if if they buy from us and not him, he can't afford to go to war. That's what the whole deal should have been for uh, Joe Biden to take us out of our energy independence is a crime. And as far as I'm gonna say, he should be impeached and thrown out on his rear end. Right, and also I don't think we I don't think we had any imminent danger from that war. We have given so much aid in terms of arms to the point that we don't have enough guns to protect ourselves at this point. All the rest of the countries have not done much. Why is it always only U.S. that has to help everybody? And I don't mind helping, but then we ourselves have so many problems. And for our politicians to say that, oh, this is really not going to change anything. This is not going to fix the problems that we have. That is so irresponsible. So I just want to say one thing about Ukraine and answer Joe's comment about Putin. I am not a Putin apologist, but I got to tell you, I think one of the big things going on here is that Putin, as evil as he may be, I don't know the guy. He, I don't appreciate him invading a sovereign country, you know, and, and doing the butchering that's been going on there in, in his name. But he is not a member of the Davos crowd, period. He's not a one-worlder, so that's why Putin's got to go. Get that to your heads, folks. Putin's got to go because he's not on the side of the one-worlders. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying that's the motive. We have a call. Oh, we have a lot of calls. We're going to have to make this quick. This really uh, 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 tumbled. Uh, Russ from Ann Arbor is on the phone with a question about the 6th District election. Russ, you there? Yes, I am. And I have a couple couple points. Um, and I know we only have a short time. I am disgusted with the Dingle Dynasty. So three Ds, dump the Dingle Dynasty. There's got to be corruption there, and I detest corruption. I support anyone who will provide proper leadership for us. I I heard that Debbie Dingell's building a place in Ann Arbor, the People's Republic of Ann Arbor, but I did not know what Joe said, that she's carpetbagging and changing uh, districts. Um, do you feel that there is enough uh, conservative support that you can defeat uh, the Dingell dynasty? 
You know what? I think we are in this situation that it is not a left or right issue. Everybody is awake. We are not woke, but we are awake now. Everybody is seeing what is going on. I mean, if they are not feeling it, at least at the gas pump, and if they're not feeling that these are career politicians who do not care about their people, but they only care about staying in power because it fills their pockets. And even if they're not in power, they have nothing else to do. They literally have no life skills to do anything outside. So this is necessity that they stay in power. So we do not want these career politicians who have no life skills when they're out of power, that they you know, hang on to this for as long as they can. And this 80 plus years of Dingle dynasty needs to go. Don't so I'm looking, oh, I'm and thank you very much. Thanks for calling, Russ. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to walk on you. I apologize for that. So I'm looking at a map of the uh, 6th District as drawn, and it wasn't easy to find this map easy. I'll tell you, uh, I'll just tell you right off the bat. That is, that is by design. Yeah, and but I found this map, and it includes a lot of Canton. Now, yeah. there's one thing I know about Canton, so I'm just going to ask you up front. <laughs> you think you can carry Canton? You see, I know I know why that question is being asked. I was asked about this in the 2018 state convention saying that why are Indians Democrats, right? I mean, most Asians Democrats. Um, that is because we were told so. But this is the reason I signed up because after my testimony at the Capitol, so many people from my own communities have heard that and they're like, really, there was fraud? Because they know that we are one of those people who mind our business. We never like to come out and open up about certain things. But if we do, that means we've been compelled. So I feel like I can be the voice for them. Republican Party has never never done enough to reach to minority, reach out to minority communities. And I feel that is why we are lacking their support. But I want to reach out to them. And once they see people of their own color, they feel a lot more confident to open up and ask questions and understand. And this is my way of you know outreach to them on behalf of Republican Party. Whether I can flip it, I'm going to try. Just like if, whether it be Canton, whether it be Ann Arbor or Ypsilanti, it doesn't matter. I'm going to give everything a fair chance. Tell them this is where I come from. These are my policy positions. This is my platform. I put everything up on my website for people to read. And that will be the, like I said, in the Capitol at my witnessing, it will remain the same. And I'm not going to be the one who's going to flip flop based on the demographics. So you have a couple of events. One is at the County Farm Park tomorrow from 2 to 6 in Ann Arbor. Is that right? Correct. Uh-huh. It is my launch party. So everybody within the 6th district is welcome. County Farm Park, Ann Arbor, 2 to 6 tomorrow. I hope to join you there. We'll see. Great. I had dinner plans, but we'll see what happens. And so we also, you have another event, and Adam from the AAA Pregnancy Resource Center is wants to discuss that very quickly. Adam? Yes. Hi. How are you doing today, Hima? Good, Adam. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, Sandra, uh, who's organizing the event tomorrow, had just confirmed me as a speaker uh, during the educational part of your event tomorrow. And um, I just wanted to say that your pro-life stance, I'm so excited uh, that you're willing to uh, take on God's call on your life to pursue this. And Anytime we talk about life or we talk about abortion, it's, it's so important that we continue to preach that it's not a political thing. This is a gospel narrative. Before 2022, uh, when Lord willing, Roe versus Wade is overturned, or before 1931, when even the, the good law that's on the books of Michigan, before 
America even became a country. God has written his definition for life, that life begins in the womb, it begins at conception, and I just wanted to say how excited that I am that you're running in the 6th District, and Lord willing, he's going to start replacing uh, people who really are just shaking their hand against God and his principles and raise up godly leaders, so I'm excited to be with you tomorrow, and I just wanted to mention that we're in in support of you. Uh, Personally, I am in support of you. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Adam is that Ralph Rebrand's son. He is going to speak tomorrow um, about pro-life issues. And uh, there are uh, many other overlap candidates that are running in my district uh, for like the state house or Senate and county commissioners. They are all invited tomorrow. They all get to introduce themselves um, to the crowd. And we all have to work together, every single one of us. Are you going to wear masks? No. No, it's, it's outdoors and outdoors COVID does not spread. What's that matter? <laughs> I'm sorry. Thanks for calling Adam. I appreciate that. Oh, let's see now. We've got a call from Walter. So that ought to kill the rest of the show. <laughs> How are you doing, Walter? <laughs> All right. Hey, I want to ask him a question. Did she just say most Indians vote Democrat? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a revelation. Oh. Yeah, they, they willing to okay, vote I also have own. to say most Indians do not vote, uh, but then those who do, majority of them vote Democrat. But I have seen a big shift since 2016 that there have been a lot of Republicans within our uh, community, which is good because they are seeing the destruction, gradual or like the sudden destruction that's been brought upon us. They are paying attention, which is good, but I wish more and more people go out and vote. Um, but I, whoever is still a Democrat, I feel like I have to reach out to them because Republican Party does not do enough to reach out well, to minorities. You say, you say right. these Indian minorities, they would vote Democrat, but they typically don't vote. How do we know that? Have we been watching the ballot harvesters or not? <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that that's the thing, right? If the ballot, ballot harvesters have to take a guess, they are better off voting um, the Indian, picking up the Indian names because they can be almost certain that these people are not going to show up and vote. Um, that has always been a problem, but then I know more and more people are slowly waking up and they're getting politically involved. And I think we will. I mean, this 2022 is going to be a game changer for our community. More people are getting their noses rubbed in it. <laughs> right. Go ahead, Walter. Go ahead. Hey, it's just me and my wife go to. Um, I take my wife a lot to on Michigan Avenue and Canton to Coles, who I would not support no more because he kicked Mike Mike Lindell's pillows out. I won't yep. give. I won't give him one cent. The old, only thing they got going for him is good is a good, nice, shiny ice arena ice arena looking floor and high prices. They won't give one cent for me, but I could stand right in front of Coles and, and I see tons of in, people from India coming in there. They shop a lot in Canton. I'll stand in front like like a, a political evangelist and a spiritual evangelist with tracks in one hand and some voter guides in the other hands, right? <laughs> and other hand, and I'm out some tracks and and some political uh, directives, you know, like one of those voter guides. But I'm kind of kidding around about that. But that'd be a good place to go. But let me say this real quick. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Ted Cruz and Jim Jordan also voted right, put their hand in it to support Joe Biden and the Dem- Democrats. For the fear of not of being ostracized, for the fear of saying, "Oh, well, they don't care about people. 
let me tell you, let me say something. This is our problem anyway. I used to always say, if anybody going to doom this country, it's going to be those professing Republicans, you know. But I was surprised that Ted Cruz and Jim Jordan, I think, joined in to strengthen the hands of, of uh, the evil Democrats, you know, for fear of being left out, you know. But anyway, I, I read, I already knew the other 11, the other 11 that didn't vote for it, Rand Paul being, up, being one of them. You know what? This would have never happened in the first place. We probably wouldn't have had to send them uh, one cent if Trump, first of all, if Trump was in office. And number two, Ukraine years ago shouldn't. They regret to this very day they shouldn't. They never, never gave up their nuclear weapons. Putin wouldn't have made one move because he said they would could have said, "Okay, you hit the button, we can hit a button too, buddy." And that's what that's what wimps like and cowards like Putin do when you got people that give up their nukes, right? Right, Walter. Hold on a second now. You actually, I, I was surprised at uh, Ted Cruz, very much surprised. But man, when you say Jim Jordan voted yes on the forty billion, you really yanked my chain. He did not. He voted no. He did not. Okay. Well, you know what, Ed, on my on my phone on the Fox News, they didn't even have Jim Jordan's name, and. Uh, I'm looking at, I just Googled it while you said that to remind myself, and I'm looking at five entries that said Jordan votes no. So I'm going to think, uh, well, of course, it's the internet. It's got to be true. Jordan voted no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't have his name of, as one of the 11. So, hey, if he, if he didn't, oh, uh, praise God on that one. But thank God. Those were 11 was, uh, senators. Jordan's uh, uh, in the House. So those were 11 senators. So, yeah, that's think, that's why that happened. Okay, I'm glad I could yeah. help. Well, Anything else, God, Walter? Lord, that she's a she's a born again Christian. I'm glad she used the terminology "born again Christian" because you got a lot of them. Even Barack Obama said he was a Christian. Remember, he was he tripped up with George Stephaphoniness when he's being in, interviewed by George Stephaphoniness. He said, "My Christian, my Muslim faith." Oh, I, oh, oh, that's right. I mean, my Christian faith. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, guys, take care, man. Thank you. Thanks, Walter. I'm trying to figure it out. Is Walter Black? I can't tell. Is he? Uh, oh no! Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm colorblind, so even the times we've been in Bible study and working on stuff together, I never, I can never remember if he's black or not. But the voice, the 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 dialect, that kind well, of he didn't vote for he he didn't vote for Biden, and Biden yes, he ain't black. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to be a racist and just listen to his voice and say, oh, he must be black, right? So yeah, so uh. Let's see, where do we go from here? Derek, how many more minutes do we have? Give me a close approximation. Three minutes. So, Hema, is there anything that you would like to tell our listening audience in particular about anything? See, uh, when Walter was just talking about the 11, we know that there were only 11 people that voted against this bill, right? It's not that they did not love this country. It's not that uh, people who voted do not love this country or the people who have voted against it, um, you know, hate Ukraine. I think we just have to first stand up to what we believe in and not be pressured by these people. And everybody asked me that you will be one person. Do you really think you would matter? Like it or not, Joe Manchin stopped a lot of bills and I can be that one person. I cannot be pressured into it because for me, it took a long time for me to sign up for this job um, because I have a business of my own. I'm a very pretty busy person, three children, and a business, 16 years, um, I mean, 16 hours a day is what I do. 
And I'm like, I don't think I have time for this. But then a part of me was telling me that this is the time I need to show my gratefulness for this great country, for what I have gotten from here. And if I, as a minority person, can stand up and stand against this whole racist rhetoric saying that this is a racist country, I want to be able to say that it is not. And I want to be that that example to show that, that, you know, this is a very nice country. And this is the reason why all these millions of, you know, immigrants try to come to this country, not because they want to be abused as, you know, under this racist country, but because they know it is not. So let not this left tell you that this is a racist country and people like me need to stand up um, against that rhetoric. That is the reason I signed up for this job. Thank you very much for that. I've also often thought that we're not a agrarian society anymore where you can leave the farm go to washington in two years and come back and the farm's still there leaving your business that takes courage so thanks hema i appreciate you joining us on moment of clarity thanks phil thank you derek producer extraordinaire folks stay tuned for your american heritage and come back next week for moment of clarity god bless america and america bless god thank you been listening to a moment of clarity on wham talk 1600 with your host pastor richard dietering be sure to tune in again next week right here on wham radio 